With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Coming up today on NASCAR America, what are the biggest storylines heading into one of NASCAR's most prestigious races over the weekend? Why the defending champion in this race will not have the chance to crash the playoff party? Plus, Dale Earnhardt Jr. speaks with Chase Elliott about being one of the most popular drivers in the sport. NASCAR America starts right now. A rainy day in Indianapolis, no on-track activity at all at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That includes canceled practice for the Xfinity Series. Things will pick back up tomorrow, weather permitting, with Cup Series practice at 10.30 Eastern. But nothing going on in Indy today. Welcome to NASCAR America. We'll still here for you, Carolyn Mano and Nate Ryan. Um, we did talk to some Xfinity Series drivers, so we're going to hear from them later on. Next item on the weekend schedule for the Xfinity Series is now qualifying. And Nate, right now with no practice. Yeah, I'd be a little bit unnerved if I was driving at 200 miles an hour into a turn without knowing whether or not my car had stuck in practice the day before. So I think it's going to be tough on drivers, Carolyn. But Mark Martin tweeted that this will be a unique challenge and he's looking forward to it. So I think this could be one of these, maybe not so good for drivers, but should be good for fans to have qualifying in the race. Oh, tomorrow. yeah, it's going to be really exciting. So we have cut practice set up for 1030 tomorrow morning. That's the next thing that's on the schedule as NASCAR's race to Miami comes to the Brickyard. So the 16 driver field for the Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs will be set on Sunday. Hendrick Motorsports teammates Jimmy Johnson and Alex Bowman currently holding the last two playoff spots and Kyle Busch in position to clinch the regular season title and earn 15 valuable playoff points. So, so much on the line this weekend. Here is the playoff standings entering Indy. So 14 drivers have qualified, 10 with a win, four on points. Jimmy Johnson looking to avoid missing the playoffs for the first time in his career. And from 17th place, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on back. Only a win on Sunday can save their season. So a whole lot of veterans looking to grab a win this weekend. Casey Kane made last year's playoffs by winning the Brickyard 400. But on Thursday night, it was announced that he will not race on Sunday due to lingering effects from heat exhaustion at Darlington. He shared more details with reporters on a conference call earlier today. At Darlington with about 100 to go, I, it was really hard to keep my eyes open and see. I was struggling to do that. I was trying to control my heart rate because it was so high that I basically just kind of laid in the car and drove around the corners. I you know, had to just control the car uh, just to try to do as little as possible so my heart rate would go down because it was so high. And at that point, all I'm doing is focusing on my body and my health and not on what I should actually be focusing on, and that's racing. So really startling description from Casey Kane on some of the stuff that he's been dealing with. Last month, he announced that 2018 is going to be his final full-time season in NASCAR. And Nate, it sounds like from what he's describing that that has certainly played into his retirement, everything that he has been dealing with. How surprised are you by this news? I'm surprised. I think Casey Kane is also surprised that he's had this problem, Carolyn. He's talked about that he's in great shape. He's an avid runner and cyclist. He feels great during the week. It's just that midway through races, this extreme 
dehydration sets in. And Casey Kane said that the problem started about two years ago. It's gotten progressively worse. Darlington was the worst example of this. But we've seen this before. When he won Indianapolis, actually, a year ago and got out of the car, I mean, you could tell he was under severe duress, and it took him a few minutes to gather himself. So it's it's been that way for a few races over the last couple of seasons, and it reached its nadir here at Darlington. And We'll see where it goes from here. I'm sure it's such a scary situation for he and his team to have been dealing with over this time. What information has he given at this point, Nate, about what could potentially happen at Las Vegas? Right. Well, Dustin Long of NBCSports.com, Carolyn, asked Casey Kane, obviously 100-degree temperatures next week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Have you thought about maybe just skipping that race and coming out and saying that now? And Casey Kane said he's looked at that. And if they can get a plan in place where he's comfortable that he won't experience this severe dehydration problem in the car, then perhaps he would start Las Vegas. But he, as he put it, he's taking it race to race. And I would think that right now the odds would be that we, we probably won't see him at Las Vegas unless these three doctors that he spoke to this week give him some sort of course of action that will address the problem. So it's not off the table entirely based on the severity of some of the stuff that he's describing that maybe we, we've seen his last Cup Series race? I mean, it's possible. He didn't rule that out today when he was talking. And I think especially with... Las Vegas being a hot weather race, and then Richmond the following week, you could expect that Saturday night temperatures could be elevated as well. I, I think it's very much a race-to-race situation, and I, I think to say he's out indefinitely is, is certainly fair at this point. And Regan Smith being named as a replacement for him, why do you think that decision was made? Well, it's interesting because Regan Smith has been called the super sub of NASCAR, Carolyn, and he's, he's made several starts for several different teams over the last six seasons. He's moved on to a TV role, of course, over the last year, but even though he hasn't made a start in the Cup Series since June of 2017, even despite that 15-month absence, I think that the Levine Family Racing still viewed Regan Smith and the fact that he's jumped into all these different cars in the past, that he would be a viable alternative despite the fact that he hasn't driven a car in over a year. So because because the retirement announcement was already made, we knew that this ride was up for grabs. There have been so many questions as it relates to silly season in NASCAR and some of these spots that haven't been filled. But now with this latest piece to the puzzle, what do you think this means for the 95 car moving forward? You know, it's, it's an interesting situation here, Carolyn, because normally when a driver is sidelined, that's a big blow for a team because they've got to sort of scramble and, and figure things out. Well, Levine Family Racing already knew that the 95 car next year was going to need to be filled with Casey Kane retiring at the end of the 2018 season. So, again, depending on how long Casey Kane is sidelined, this could be an opportunity for that team to audition several young drivers and, and maybe figure out like who fits best in this car for them as they try to figure out the full-time replacement well, for next year. Well, to that end, something that is could potentially be connected to this was more news uh, about next season that came out today, and that's Matt Benedetto making the announcement himself, taking to Twitter, saying that he is parting ways with Go Fast Racing and the 32 team after this season. We know that he's 27 years old. He spent two seasons with the team, and here is part of his statement where he said, I believe that this gives me the best opportunity to further my career and showcase my talent and ability at the highest level. Winning races has always been the goal, and now I'm taking a leap of faith and betting on myself to prove it. Watching other drivers get opportunities has definitely been a driving force in my decision, knowing I can get it done if given the chance, end quote. Read between the tea leaves for us in terms of these comments that he took to Twitter to make himself. Taking right. a leap of faith, betting on himself, moving right. on from this partnership. What can you glean from that? Uh, I think leap of faith, Carolyn, certainly implies that he 
thinks he can land another ride in the Cup Series. There's a couple of openings. There's Stuart Haas Racing hasn't announced what they're going to do with Kurt Busch's ride. There's the ride we just talked about that Casey Kane is vacating at Levine Family Racing. So I'm sure Matt Benedetto is going to try to put himself in the mix for those rides. Um, he is an accomplished driver, even though he's driven for lower-funded teams. He finished eighth at the Brickyard with Go Fast Racing, an underfunded team last year. That turned some heads. Uh, Kyle Larson grew up racing about, against Matt Benedetto and has talked about what a talent he is. So I think Matt Benedetto is essentially betting on himself and believing that he can convince maybe an established team to take a flyer on him and maybe put him in a good ride for next season. Does it make sense that some of these things are, are starting to leak out and some of these decisions are going to be starting to be made right around this part of the season? Are we even a little bit behind in terms of knowing further what 2019 may look like? Uh, you know, usually it has gotten locked down, I think, a little bit earlier, Carolyn. And I think that so much now has been set in motion with the announcement that Furniture Racing is closing. I mean, what a week for NASCAR that you've got the defending winner of the Brickyard saying he's not going to race this weekend. You're the defending serious champion announcing they're not going to be around next season in 2019. There are a lot of things happening right now transpiring in, in NASCAR that I think could really set some dominoes in motion for who's going to drive next yeah, year. Yeah, we'll have more on Furniture Racing coming up in the show as well and bringing the very latest on that story as it develops. It was certainly the biggest news of the week. Meantime, we have a huge race this weekend. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Let's start by taking a look at some of the best moments that we've seen in the Cup Series as we are heading into the 25th running of the Brickyard. Dale Earnhardt has won the second Brickyard 400. Bill Elliott joins the list of winners of the Brickyard 400 in Indy. A native Hoosier, his dream comes true. I wish I could put it in words. Today's been my entire life. The only five-time winner of the Brickyard 400. Brickyard 400! Just the brick, baby! So that takes us to our poll question for the day on NBCSports.com. What was the best moment ever at the Brickyard? Here are the options we have for you. Jeff Gordon winning the inaugural race in 1994. That's a fan favorite. Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s win in 1995 is up there while we're talking about fan favorites. Uh, Dale Jarrett's first of two wins at the Brickyard. That's when he started that tradition of bringing the entire team over to kiss the bricks, which is something that has stuck around. And Indiana native Tony Stewart as well, getting his first career win at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in 2005. Or last year's race, which featured just about everything you could possibly imagine, Nate. Rex and drama and a surprise winner and a number of cautions. You look back to 2017, I think maybe some of the criticism that's gone along with this race in the past is that it's lacked quality sure, yeah. or lacked a certain entertainment factor. <laughs> Six and a half hours <laughs> of pure entertainment last year. Where do you rank that race in I terms of quality? It, in terms of race quality, Carolyn, it ranks near the top. I mean, in historical significance, as we saw some of the other choices in that poll, Jeff Gordon's winning the inaugural race or Dale Hunt winning in, 2005, in, in uh, 1995 or Tony Stewart winning in 2005, his lifelong dream of winning at his hometown track. Those are more historically significant than Casey Kane winning last year. But that race last year was one of the best races of 2017. And maybe one of the best images of the 2017 season was Jimmy Johnson, Brad Keselowski, Casey Kane 
racing side by side into turn three on what would have been the final lap if there hadn't been a caution at a track where you're not supposed to race side by side. You had three cars side by side for the lead. So I think that looking back at that race, it's hard not to put that in the top five just on pure action alone. Yeah, so the poll will be open throughout the entire duration of the show. You can go to NBCSports.com. Let us know your favorite moment. That's a tough list to choose yeah. from, yeah. by the way. Um, speaking of popular moments, popular people, we've got Rutledge Wood standing by because last night the action at the Brickyard was not on the asphalt rut, on the dirt with the BC39 Midget Race. We've got that recap coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern, um, but we want to send it to you for a, a bit of a preview. What do you have for us on this rainy day, Rut? Well, Carolyn, I thought, why not just show you around a little bit? Let me show you the front stretch here. Uh, when we say that it was a deluge all day, you would think it'd be hard to get an arc down the front stretch, but I saw it with my own eyes earlier. It was amazing. Let's take a walk there. Over here in the infield, this right here, back here in the corner of turn three, this is where that USAC midget race was last night. And the amazing thing is fans are going to be able to see that coming up after this show. We had some amazing cup stars out there that were racing that drive to save lives. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., you had Landon Castle, Christopher Bell. Uh, you even had Dylan Welch up there, our own Dylan Welch. And hopefully he's going to tell us tomorrow when he's on the broadcast about that. Oh, sorry, we're all getting wet now. A little bit of rain. I feel like Jim Cantori up here with the precipitations coming in uh, here on this front. But, guys, the great news is hopefully this stuff will get out of here. We'll see fans fill up this infield. It's different to be here and to see this much rain and so few people out and about because it – feels like there's not a race here this weekend, which is a, an eerie feeling here at Indy. Uh, but hopefully this stuff will blow through. I did see what looked a lot like Lee Diffie riding one of those rentable scooters, Carolyn, coming from downtown all the way here. I can confirm it was, in fact, Lee Diffie. <laughs> he's fine. It broke down on the way back to the hotel. Kelly Stavis picked him up. I think he's safe. I'm not even sure yeah. I believe you. Is that real? Pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> can, you find a, um, can you find a stop sign for us to, <laughs> to hold on to sideways or maybe like an umbrella or something that will open up all yes. the way? Give us well, the full I had, weather experience. I had written it here on my um, – well, there they went. I had something else to tell you. It was on my notes, but the wind is strong up here, you guys. But the good news is Lee, Lee's safe. Don't worry about him. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, Rutledge, thank you. Valuable contributions today. We appreciate you giving us a look around the track. Um, fans are getting excited, by the way. And the dirt track racing, the short track stuff, I think the feedback was very positive. So that's coming up at 6 o'clock. Just a reminder, like Rut said for you. But... Uh, big holler parade happening as well, despite the fact that it's a little bit rainy and wet. And that's where we find Parker Quigerman. Parker, hey, buddy, tell us where you are. I am actually at the holler parade, but it has been moved inside. And this is the fan fest portion behind me. So you see all these fans. They had uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway's version of Daft Punk, I think, over here before. Some uh, mascots dressed in basically race car driver garb. And, you know, I have to say, though, I didn't lose a bet to Rutledge Wood as to why he's at the racetrack and I'm here at FanFest, I'm still trying to figure out. But nonetheless, this is a cool event. We're here at a go-kart track. We've had, I've seen some of the drivers on the go-kart track. I just saw Ryan Blaney out there, Chase Elliott. Ch uh, Kyle Busch is gonna be here later. We're gonna hopefully see if we can chat with him a little bit and see how he's enjoying FanFest. But what's gonna happen behind me is that the drivers and the fans are actually going to compete in some sort of games, I guess is what I'm finding out behind me on stage. Some of the kids are getting face painting, that sort of thing. And 
face painting to me is more like a Rutledge thing. Like I thought that's how he shows up all the time. So I'm surprised he's not here. He to be might. Honest. I, I, I'm still wondering if he's going to show up at any point. <laughs> he might show up. He did draw the short straw for now. But I am curious because when you were with us yesterday in studio, you told us all about how much you love this place. You love the museum. It's such an important racetrack, maybe the greatest racetrack in America. There are fans there despite the weather. What sense can you give us of the level of excitement that's maybe out there, fans getting amped up for the weekend, weather permitting? Um, seems like fans are still showing up. Yeah, no, they all were here. I've heard them all mentioning the drivers that they met tonight. I actually even signed a couple autographs myself. I don't know who they thought I was, but uh, I actually met two fans that were coming back from last year. They've come every year. They enjoy this place. They uh, they just love coming to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and it's just such a cool thing to see. The whole town gets in this. Like you also have the tracks, or I mean the streets, are named after drivers. You just know there's a race in this town, and that's what's really cool. And the fans really get into it because of that. I knew you were going to humble brag us. Pictures of the <laughs> autograph session or it did not happen. Pictures or it did not happen. <laughs> I, all right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to look around. Give okay. me a minute. All right. Uh, why don't you link up with Rutledge Wood? I'm sure he's on the way, Parker. Thank you very much. So coming up, plenty more here on NASCAR America. What's going to happen, Nate, in the aftermath of Furniture Row Racing shutting down? We're going to discuss the latest details and paint a picture for you. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Chase Elliott sitting down to talk about the pressures that come with being the face of the sport, how is Chase handling that? And we'll hear from several of the Xfinity Series top drivers as they prepare to hit the Brickyard on Saturday. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on NASCAR America. Welcome back, everybody. Just a reminder, the Verizon IndyCar Series is here on NBCSN as the sun is setting on a very memorable season. And it's Scott Dixon who is looking to hold off American Alexander Rossi to claim his fifth championship. It's the Grand Prix of Sonoma, and it's Sunday, September 16th on NBCSN. Let's turn to the NASCAR Xfinity Series now. Nine of their 12 playoff spots have been spoken for, with just two races left in the regular season. Cole Custer is among those already locked in on points, but he does want his first win of the season at Indy, and he spoke with our Dylan Welch. Here with uh, Cole Custer at a wet Indianapolis Motor Speedway today. No practice, obviously. With this aero package and kind of still the relative unknowns that come with this, what kind of challenge will that present tomorrow? Oh, it'll be a little bit tough. I mean, uh, obviously, you always want to have a lap on the car just to know everything's right, and you know you're not gonna have any problems. So, uh, you know, hopefully, we have all our preparation right, and I trust our guys a lot. I think, uh, you know, we never have any problems, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, usually with this aero package, we've uh, done a pretty good job having a lot of speed. It's just figuring out our longer in speed, and there's some things you want to try during practice that we, we're not gonna get to try. But you know, I think we'll have a fast car. We just came from Darlington last weekend, obviously a very historic racetrack. We're here today at Indianapolis, another historic racetrack. Do you as a driver, do you have time to, to kind of sit back and appreciate the history of, of places like Darlington and like Indy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, coming to these kind of racetracks is awesome just because so much history has been here and everything. So to get a win here, I mean, every single driver in the world wants to win it. Those, these two tracks, Darlington and Indy. So I think, uh, you know, everybody tries extra hard for this one. Thanks, Cole. Stay dry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what everybody's trying to do. I think Dylan hit the nail on the head right out of the gate with the first question, because the biggest story here is with the weather and the lack of practice, how that is going to affect this Xfinity package that is back. What What do you think? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, Cole Custer kind of talked about there, Carolyn, that there's uncertainty, not just in not having practice, but not having practice with this package, with they've, which they've only raced a, a few other times. So I think it's natural that teams are a little bit uncertain of what Saturday's race will look like, but fans aren't. I mean, last year with this package, with the restrictor plate, um, there was a 66% uh, rise in green flag passes, more than 1,500 more green flag passes in last year's race. They had 29 green flag lead changes, which was a significant spike as well from 2016. So I think the anticipation level is still very high for how this package will work in Saturday's race. I just think for teams and drivers who now aren't really going to have a chance to, to you know, play around with it a little bit, it's, it's still a little bit of an unknown. Big question mark and a lot on the line in the Xfinity series and there are so many drivers who are really looking to still accomplish things before the playoff begins in that series. It's big for Justin Allgaier, it's big for Elliott Sadler, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, those are the top two drivers in the regular season standings. They both met with the media today at Indy. You know, I, I was a little bit surprised at some of the places we saw him and then kind of on the flip side of it, a little bit surprised at some of the places that we didn't see more cup drivers. Um, I think Indy's a little bit different in the fact that, you know, because the packages are so different, um, you know, it, it's really not going to affect them coming down and running the Xfinity Series race, uh, I don't I don't believe. But when you get out of this car and, and your top speed is considerably slower and you're getting back in a cup car, let's just say to go qualify, um, that's a big difference. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, on the flip side of it, there are certain places like Indy that, I kind of thought there would be more guys running. I'll just echo that last remark. I figured there'd be way more guys running here at Indy, you know, because of the history that comes with this track than, than it was. Now, whether that's the scheduling, practicing, or the package, or, you know, a little bit of everything, I'm not sure. But I really thought it'd be more cup guys here at Indy for this particular race. Justin Algar, by the way, leads Elliott Sadler by 16 points for the regular season title. And like in the Cup Series, that title happens to be worth 15 playoff points. It's big. Are you surprised to, to yeah. their sentiments that there's only four Cup Series drivers? Yeah, I am thing? too, Carolyn. This is the last chance uh, that Cup drivers have to race in the Xfinity Series. And even though they're not running this restrictor play package in the Sunday race in the Brickyard 400, so not a lot transfers Saturday to Sunday, a lot still would transfer from Saturday to next year because – they're talking about using this package in maybe 16 races next year in the Cup Series and probably at Indianapolis. So I'm as surprised at Elliott Sadler. I mean, given this, given this is a prestigious race and given that this package might be something that Cup drivers are be using quite often next season, I'm surprised there aren't more Cup drivers using their last chance to run Xfinity this season I, tomorrow. I guess the flip side of that would be that it is an opportunity to continue to see some of these other drivers coming right. up, some of these names that we've mentioned with the absence of Kyle Busch and some of these other right. drivers, I mean, which is a good thing for the series. Kyle Busch has won this race three times. We know he's not going to win it this year, right? Right, yeah. Okay, um, coming up, Chase Elliott won an Xfinity Series title on his way to becoming one of NASCAR's most popular drivers. So how does he handle everything that goes with it? You can find out when he chats with Dale Earnhardt Jr. about his new role in the sport next on NASCAR America and how he's handling that. Stay with us. How long is the most popular driver we've been around? I would say sometime in the 90s. Uh, Older than that? 1956. 56? Since 56, they gave out the most popular driver award. I have no idea. How many does Bill Elliott have? I get him and you confused. He's I think the, he has 16. King, yeah. Get, Your dad's the leader. He's got 16. You got 14, right? I got 15. 15. Did you know that your dad pulled his name from the Most Popular Driver Award in 2001? My dad was given the award after his passing, and then your dad won it again the next season. I did not know that. I'm not used to you in this role. I know. Isn't it weird? <laughs> it's going to be now. <laughs> it's going to be weird for a while, yeah. and it'll get better. Maybe. I'm still around. <laughs> I still yeah. have the job. 
most popular guy in our sport is going to be Chase Elliott for a long time. I think Chase Elliott's the next most popular driver. I see the most Chase Elliott shirts. I think it's Chase Elliott's to lose. If not, um, I'd say they're dropping the ball. I think he's obviously super popular. His dad was really popular for a long time as well. I can see where the fans kind of latched on to Chase. We're going to have to deal with him for a long time. It'd be a great honor to have. Um, if it if it happens, then you know that, that that'll be uh, you know that'd be great. Otherwise, be happy for whoever it goes to. Much like his Hall of Fame father, Chase Elliott has become the biggest fan favorite in NASCAR. Such status comes with its perks, of course, but also its own pressures. And Chase sat down recently to talk about that and more with somebody who can relate. Your heritage and your last name, that ties you to the history of the sport. Do you understand and appreciate how many people feel like you're a connection to the past? I don't think I fully understand it, um, but I certainly appreciate it. You know, for me, I've always kind of tried to do my thing and kind of stay within my little circle. So I think sometimes that kind of keeps you from understanding fully as to what the outside public thinks. That's my choice and that's the way I like things. But, you know, I think at the end of the day that, you know, if that that's what people see then that's fine and I'll appreciate it take it for what it is. I never understood my celebrity or my popularity none of it ever made any sense to me and yeah it's like never make sense to you I don't, yeah and that's it, actually it uh, does something that's gonna keep you on the ground so it's not it, a bad thing. It definitely does not make sense. Can he score his first career win? Chase driving the race of his life right now. Yeah buddy that's one of many right here. Yeah, baby, yeah! Hell yes! Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes! When you're at home in Dawsonville during the week, what are you doing? You know, try to hang out with some buddies during the week. You know, my Mondays and Tuesdays are kind of that's your weekend. That's kind of my Saturday Sunday. But you know, the Braves are in season, so I like to go down there when I can. And honestly, watching the Braves at the house, I like to have friends over. Been having some poker nights here lately really? at home, which has been some, <laughs> been pretty fun. See, we're really with you down there in Dawsonville. We don't get to see you, so we really know the way you. I like it. Yeah, you need to come down hang and have out. poker night. I need to come down and hang out on your Monday, Tuesday weekend. You do. You let me know when. All right. I'll just give you a call for the base leg. Just continue down one, three, four, six, down. How do you get up here to Charlotte to competition meetings every week? I try to fly each week. It saves me some time from driving. How old were you when you got your pilot's I was 17 or 18 when I actually Solo. finished it. When I soloed, that was in 2012. I was either 15 or 16. What would it mean to be named most popular driver? Well, I think it'd be a great honor to have. It's just not one of those things that I like to go and you know promote myself for. Like, yeah. I don't like to go out there and say, "Hey, vote for me." And you know, like I want that to be a natural and a genuine and it will thing be. for somebody yeah. to go and it will be for, if they want to go vote. Right. Obviously, with my dad's history of it and your history of it, it'd be kind of cool to have it between Elliott's yeah. and Earnhardt's for a you know a number of years. Yeah. How was that? He had fun, man. I think that was. How awesome. many nights were y'all in Road America? 
So will Chase Elliott, in fact, earn his first most popular driver award in the Cup Series? It's really your call. You can vote once per day at NASCAR.com slash most popular driver. The Cup Series award winner is going to be announced at the postseason banquet in Las Vegas, November 29th on NBCSN. Chase Elliott was also on the NASCAR on NBC podcast recently. Nate, what did he share with you about potentially taking this mantle of the sport's most popular driver? I get the sense from listening to that sit down with Dale Earnhardt Jr. that he's still processing how to handle this. Right. Yeah, he's still getting comfortable with it, uh, Carolyn. And when what he told me on the podcast, what I found really interesting was how he relates to where Dale Jr. was at this point in his career. If you go back and look at the first half of, D- of Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s career, even though he was still the most popular driver, he wasn't fully comfortable with being the corporate spokesman and obviously the smooth and glib TV personality that he's now evolved into with us. Uh, it, it took a little while to mature into that. And Chase Elliott doesn't really feel comfortable being the out front corporate spokesman person doing the, the national commercials and that sort of thing. So he's really looking at how Dale Jr. became um, really comfortable with not just being most popular driver, but also all the things that go with that in terms of an ambassadorial sort of role. And uh, I think that he's going to be leaning on Dale Jr. as he is the presumptive most popular driver, Chase Elliott is. After he takes on that mantle, I think he's going to be leaning on Dale Jr. for some advice on how to handle it beyond just having that title. Why do you think Chase's father was able to endear himself to fans the way that he did? I think that he had that Dawsonville uh, personality that was so relatable to uh, somebody who grew up in the South. I mean, he, he talked, obviously, like someone who was from Dawsonville, Georgia, and I think that he had this real relatable quality. And the fact that, you know, he won the Winston Million. He was the first driver to win that prestigious prize, which involved winning some signature crown jewel events. And I think that really put him on the map, and I think that endeared him to a lot of NASCAR's traditional hardcore fan base. You know, it's funny because when you think about the sport's most popular driver, and then you think about who the face of the sport is right now, that driver poll that we did, everybody's so quick to say, it's Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott. When I think about who the face of NASCAR is right now, I can't help but think about a driver like Kyle Busch, who is a huge star and who is seemingly so polarizing that he's the one that people identify with NASCAR outside of the sport. Where is the difference here between being the sport's most popular driver internally with the fan base and being the face of a sport? Well, I think Kyle Busch would tell you, Carolyn, that there is no difference. He's joked before that he believes, even during Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s run of being most popular driver, that at times he's been the most popular because, as Dale Earnhardt famously told Jeff Gordon, I don't care if they're cheering or they're booing me as long as they're making noise. If you go by that criteria, like whoever gets the most noise is the most popular. Listen to driver intros now, even though it's it's a mixture of boos and cheers. Kyle Busch often gets yeah. the, the, the most uh, noise, although Chase Elliott has been getting a lot of cheers since Martinsville last uh, year and obviously since his win at Watkins. It is so mentioned. Ago. It's so interesting that you mentioned Dale Earnhardt because Dale Jarrett on the show a couple weeks back said, you know what, it, it sounded very similar to the right. reception that Dale Earnhardt used to get, what Kyle Busch is getting right now. We know how the fans feel about Dale Earnhardt Sr. Um, Chase, by the way, is one of those four cup drivers that's in the Xfinity field. The series coming off last weekend's very memorable run-in with another Cup star at the forefront. Got a really inexperienced guy in a really fast car. Come with a big run. Loose under you. You wrecked us. Chastain spins Harvick around 360. That's a real nice play for that jackass to end his day. I tried to stay as low as I could and he just rode on my door. It's unfortunate we'd given each other room all day. Probably the reason that he'll never get to drive many of them again. Drove me all the way to the fence. I can't believe that. I can. 
We are sitting in the 42's box right now. With Ross Chastain here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, wet Indianapolis Motor Speedway today. So last week for you obviously was a lot of fun. Some highs, some lows at the end. What can you take from that experience and, and bring back here to Johnny Davis Motorsports? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I took away from last week was just the speed. Um, just being able to go out there and put quality laps together like that and, and, and race and just race with guys that I've looked up to my whole life. And Brad threw an incredible slide job on me into three, and I could tell as soon as he entered the corner, I was like, oh, man, that's not going to be good. So I was able to get him crossed over. And like when I came off the onto the front stretch after that, like I was smiling. Um, like looking in the mirror like man this I was like this is so cool um, but then to, to have the finish the way it all went down and, and the wreck and the words that were said like that's tough and that's I don't know how to deal with that stuff um, and I don't know if you ever do but surely there's a better way than the thoughts I've had and you know just like like man you're trying to trying to do all the right stuff and then have that stuff said so um, you know, it's uh, it's just part of the sport, though. Like, we all put our big boy pants on, and, and we all put our pants on the same way, too. So uh, coming back to the four car, you know, we had a better race here last year with this package, so we're looking for more of the same. What is it like as a driver to get to race at a racetrack like this after coming from Darlington last week, another prestigious racetrack? It's, it's definitely prestigious for um, even for the for NASCAR and the Cup Series. You know, it's definitely more for, for IndyCar and, and everything and all the other stuff that's raced here over the years. But, you know, my first race in trucks was over down the street at the Little Track. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I'll be honest, I I, I would prefer something like that. Um, maybe as well on top of this, you know, a, a midweek race there or something. Something crazy. I don't know. I mean, change it up. So it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's cool, though. Thanks, Ross. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Dylan Welch, not only getting it done as a reporter for us, but also behind the wheel. You can see him race in the BC39 on the dirt track at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's coming up next here on NBCSN, so not too far away. As we said, it is a rainy day in Indy, but the party continues at the Fan Festival near the Brickyard. We're going to show you some of the fun that's being had there next on NASCAR America. Kyle Busch in the house. Stay with us. Super fitting that the drive for the playoffs ends in the racing capital of the world. Don't miss the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Of course, Sunday afternoon, 2 Eastern is the time right here on NBCSN is the place. And if you watched yesterday's show, you know that Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be part of our radio-style call for the Brickyard 400, but that's not the only thing that he's doing on Sunday. Jr. is going to be driving the Chevy Camaro ZL1 pace car and leading the field to the green flag. I know he's really excited about that. Uh, and we are too. So that's Sunday during our coverage. Make sure you're with us. Time now for our social pit stop of the day. We just heard from Xfinity Series driver Ross Chastain. He joined veteran racer John Andretti at a benefit dinner for Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Andretti has been battling colon cancer for the last year and a half. He continues to raise funds, though, for the hospital, as he has done since 1997. So our best wishes are, of course, with him. And to promote himself uh, in the... Uh, vote for the most popular driver. This is Corey LaJoy, or no, this is Colleague Racing? Ryan Truex. Yeah, Ryan Truex. How about this? All dressed up with nowhere to go. Oh, a little rain delay action. I get it. Sorry, I was out of order. Yeah, a little bit of um, Ryan Truex social there from Twitter. And then Corey LaJoy, um, this is what I was alluding to earlier. Interesting, Nate, uh, spooking uh, <laughs> Nike's latest campaign 
uh, involving Colin Kaepernick. Vote for me, it says, even if it means getting off of Twitter. I don't know. What are your thoughts? A little uh, dangerous on edgy. social. I like it. A little, uh, little edgy. All right, let's go back to all the fan fest that's happening out in Indianapolis and check in with Parker Quigerman, who I believe is with a very special guest. Parker. I am, Carolyn. Look who I found. It's Kyle Busch. And you were just doing some sort of games here at FanFest. And I was watching the first part, and you weren't exactly winning. So how did it turn out in the end? Uh, in the end, it turned out well. We, uh, we started a little bit behind. We went a lap down or so, but we took the wave around, and we came back, and uh, we got pretty strong at the end. So my group uh, definitely came through for me. That's good. It was, was it the trivia I saw that you were doing the best in? That's where you started to make that comeback a little bit? Yeah, definitely the trivia. You know, Unfortunately, it was a bit harder for the kids to even grasp what the definitions of what the, the, the words were or what they meant. And uh, so it was just like this one. This one, you know, as quick as you could, it was like this one, so they could turn around and, and show the fans what everything was going on. That's awesome, and you're kind of used to comebacks, because I remember a couple weeks ago, there was a comeback at, at Bristol that was incredible. This past weekend that we had at Darlington wasn't the best race for you guys, but I mean, does it feel like that was a momentum change for you guys, having to go to Darlington, not have to come back like you did at Bristol? Uh, well, Darlington, that was kind of typical how we run there. You know, we're just always kind of like 6th to 10th. I'm not sure what it is. You know, once the sun goes down, we typically start to run a little bit better, but we had some damage. We kind of set ourselves a little bit behind, and we just weren't able to come through. We didn't have a fast car on the short run, so we couldn't blitz those guys on restarts, so we'd lose spots, actually, on restarts before we can make that ground back up. But um, overall, I'm looking forward to Indy this weekend. We've got uh, the M&M's Caramel car here, and uh, looking forward to making sure we get that car to victory lane. And let's talk about this weekend because the forecast for tomorrow is not great. And therefore, maybe no practice, maybe not qualifying, just jump in the race. Are you ready for that? I mean, is that worry you guys at all? Absolutely not. Not for the 18 car. No, let's ship it, man. Just start the race on Sunday and uh, let's go out there with no practice. We start up front, so it'll be great for us. That sounds great. And you know what? You know who was supposed to be here, I think, was Rutledge Wood. So I just got to ask, do you like being interviewed by me or Rutledge more? Um... I would say uh, you guys are all pretty even. So, uh, oh come on, it's a cop out. It is. I don't. I don't mind Rutledge. Like I think Rutledge is fun. But I've also worked with you before, so you're pretty fun as well. So look, man, it, 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 there's others out there. Trust me, that are way worse than you guys. <laughs> And that's how we know we're winning, Carolyn. There's others at least worse than Rutledge and I. I feel safe in saying that that's like a pretty Kyle Bush-ish response, right? I mean, that's fair enough. I guess Parker, don't ask questions that you don't want the answers to. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I've now learned. That's a reporter uh, new rule for me. Yeah. All right, Parker, thank you very much. And thanks to Kyle Bush as well. It's great to be joined by him on the Friday show. Meantime, with Furniture Row Racing shut down at season's end, the ripple effect is set to hit several drivers and teams. The latest on what could happen next on NASCAR America. Barney Visser started this with these guys in Colorado years ago, and here we are in the chase. Here we come to the flag, he's Regan Smith, looking for it. his first Sprint Cup win. Edwards to Carlin, Smith gets the flag, and this time he'll get to keep it. Furniture Row, these guys are stuck behind me for three years now. We've had some major ups and major downs, and this would be classified as a major up for sure. The wait is over for Martin Truex Jr. He's going back to victory lane for the third time in his career. All right, my brother, you've done it. Martin Truex Jr. going into chase. Victory lane, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. 
no black cloud tonight for Martin Truex Jr. as he scores the biggest victory of his career. Not real sure it sunk in yet, but uh, just an amazing day, amazing weekend for all of us, and just a uh, weekend you dream about. How about this, Martin Truex Jr.? You are the champion, baby! Woo! 12 years in the Cup Series, and his roller coaster career is finally reaching the peak. My God! Holy You know, Nate, it's been a tough few weeks for Furniture Row Racing, but I think at the end of it, Barney Visser will look back and others involved with that organization and think, you know what, we had some pretty incredible memories, just like that illustrated. Unfortunately, the big news of the week was the dismantling of the team at the end of this season. There were multiple reports later on in the week after that news broke that Martin Truex Jr., defending series champ, and his crew chief, Cole Pern, may actually be staying together and heading to the 19 team at Joe Gibbs Racing. We should make note, nothing has been confirmed so far. Those are just rumors, but that was something that was thrown out there um, this week. How do you expect even rumors like that to right. affect things this weekend? I, mean, I would think, Carol, and I've reported on these types of stories where obviously there's an impending change coming for a team, but it hasn't been made official yet. The principals involved always say, well, we, we sat down, we, we hashed it out, we talked about things, and I'm sure that if something is going on where Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern will depart for another team next year, uh, they've probably already sat down and talked about it with their team members to sort of alleviate any feelings of stress or, or anything like that. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be up for discussion this weekend. They're not doing any media availability, so we won't really be able to ask Martin Truex Jr. about that. But I, I'm sure that's something that's been discussed. Yeah, nobody's saying much right now, right. keeping mum. And I think that may be by design. But you do consider the fact that Furniture Row Racing and Joe Gibbs have this alliance to work together. And that's something that we've seen over the last months be complicated in some aspects, especially with Martin Truex. Jr. performing so well and the team's kind of wondering why. So how do you expect that to complicate things, affect things heading into the playoffs, if at all? Right. Well, it's interesting, Carolyn, because not only do you have these reports out that Pern and Truex could be headed to Joe Gibbs Racing, you also had in the statement announcing that Furniture World Racing was shutting down, the team owner, Barney Visser, said that it was in part because they couldn't meet their budget for next year. And part of the reason for that was Joe Gibbs Racing has an alliance with the team and they were jacking up the price of what it costs to get the technical information and, and the chassis that Joe Gibbs Racing was supplying for Intro Racing. So you have kind of multiple layers here, and it makes you wonder, how will these two teams continue to work together? Because there's been some friction in the past. A year ago at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we had the incident where Kyle Busch That's and Martin right. Truex Jr. got in the wreck while racing for the lead. And there was an altercation between the teams. Some pit crew members from Furniture Racing got suspended. And I think all of that is sort of like the background for the, the final 11 races of the year is Furniture Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing, who by all accounts, the teams and crew chiefs and drivers have said they always work really well together. But the circumstances certainly have changed, and it'll be interesting to follow that over the course of the year. The last piece of this as well, especially for a real diehard NASCAR fan who's watching right now, is the 78 team's charter. Right. What happens with this? Well, it'll be sold, obviously, as Barney Visser leaves the sport. And the charter, Carolyn, is intended to give teams value. If you're a team owner who leaves NASCAR now, you have this charter, which guarantees you revenue and guarantees you entry in every race. And when you leave NASCAR, you can sell it to another team and get 
something back for your money, the amount, amount of money you invested to race in NASCAR. And what's interesting about the charter for Truex is part of the charter's distribution of money is based on historical performance. So if you've done really well, say won a championship last year and made the playoffs the year before that and going to make the playoffs with four wins this year, you are going to earn more money based off that performance. So that charter is going to be very valuable as Barney Visser looks to sell it here on the open market. And it could be made even more valuable if the team is able to back up last year's title with another strong run this year. So there could be some incentive there for the team if they want to send Barney Visser out on a really good note and give him a little bit more money, maybe in his pocket exiting NASCAR. Well, that's the biggest question moving forward, right? Are those little details going to incentivize the 78 team moving forward? What's going to happen with momentum heading into the playoffs? All those questions will be answered beginning this weekend. We'll have to see what happens in Indianapolis and how that played out. Meantime, when we come back, we are going to hit the dirt for our final segment. Tony Stewart talks about the USAC event at the Brickyard as we get you ready for that race. It's just a couple minutes away. More on the dirt when we come back. Stay with us. The staff at the Speedway is really behind this and really spearheaded this uh, this project. And you know, when they came to me and said, "Hey, would you be willing to do this exhibition thing?" I was like, "Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it'd be awesome." And then kind of didn't hear anything about it for a while and then they said hey we're going to build a permanent track here now I, I just i couldn't believe it i was so excited i think it's something that's going to be very very well received to have a dirt track there is awesome and man i mean i think the support's going to be unbelievable and, and to see the amount of drivers that are going to come and say hey i got to race at indy you know even though it's the dirt track to still say you got to race the indianapolis motor speedway is going to be huge for everyone i think it's awesome as we've mentioned on the show, this weekend featuring two nights of short track dirt racing at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. In case you missed it, by the way, the BC39 USAC Dirt Race Thursday that we're just talking about, we just heard from Tony Stewart about, coming up just a few minutes right here on NBCSN. It's at 6 o'clock Eastern, so we're not too far away from it. I just love looking at the aerial shots, looking at the grandstands being packed, looking at these right. short track fans who... I, I would assume the goal here is to maybe convert them to, to the stock car to encourage them to stay over the weekend. I mean, how much of a part of this is to revitalize the Brickyard 400 weekend? Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal here, Carolyn, is, is to reinvigorate the Brickyard weekend because attendance has slipped over recent years and the, the Speedway's personnel and, and executives are looking for ways to try to get people excited. So you've got the moving of the Brickyard 400 later in the year for a cooler date. One of the complaints about when they held it in July and August, it was too hot. So maybe that brings more fans back. You've got that dirt track that certainly created a ton of enthusiasm and interest, I think, this week. They've got a lot more signage going up around town. They've added enhanced like musical options for the weekend. And the Speedway has had success with this for the Indianapolis 500, where they've established concerts as part of the run of show in May, and they've brought back the Snake Pit that was very popular. And it's led to attendance being way up at the Indianapolis 500 the last few years. So I think that's the blueprint here, is that they're hoping the things they did to rejuvenate Indy 500 will also work in the Yeah, it's a large effort, and we'll have to see over time whether or not it pays off. We could use the weather cooperating just a little (laughs) bit more as well. Our coverage from Indy continues tomorrow morning at 10.30. Eastern stay here now for dirt track racing. Enjoy. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.